on this Sunday evening. Uh, the whole squad is here. It's myself, Barry Murphy, back from my travels before I go on my travels yet again next week uh, uh, hosting this show. Joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Hi there, Barry. Also joining me is uh, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hi there, Barry. Hi, Joe. Hello, Paul. Very nice, very nice, very civil. Um, yeah, so I'm back. Had a little week off there. I was on my little, a little road trip up to the old W Wub. I'm back. Up to the old big back smoke. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that was a, a good time. I, I, I felt very appreciated at Fan Appreciation Night at the Tivoli Theatre. Did you get some pizza? Oh, yeah. I did get. I got two slices of pizza, Mason. Whoa! Was it good pizza? It was actually quite tasty. I have to say, where, there was even where was it from? Uh, Firehouse Pizza. Uh, shout okay. out to the fine sponsors of OTT Wrestling, who apparently are in some uh, Just Eat contest, which I think is why they were paying. Well, hang on, they're not. They're not sponsoring us. So not... they sponsored me with some lovely free pizza, mate. So I'm happy house. Um, uh, so yeah, it was actually quite tasty, and there was even right on the second slice. There was even some veggies on it, and I actually ate it, and it was nice. Um, <laughs> uh, so so you know you know that's good. Like you know that's good. Yeah, you know, I, I made the effort there. And then uh, the CEO of Firehouse saved a baby from a flaming building afterwards. Very true. <laughs> very true. And he's like, I appreciate this baby. Yeah. Um, and he gave the yeah. baby pizza. And the baby was like, you know, I, I, I'm not, t- you know, usually privy to this, but I, I'll give it a shot. And he liked it. Anyway, um, I enjoyed uh, OTT quite a bit. I won't talk about it, you know, in depth. I can run through the card or anything, but it was a very good show. Uh, Paul, did you watch any of it? Yes. I watched it all. I watched it all. Oh, you watched the whole thing? Okay. So maybe we will talk about it a little bit yeah. later. But uh, live, it was great crack. Uh, there's a Q&A beforehand that was a lot of fun. We got our free pizza. Uh, you know, uh, it was it was a good time. And I honestly ended up not really feeling too bad about missing Wembley at all. Um, uh, even though that seems like it was a decent show as well. Um, I, I felt like I made the right call. So, so that was good. And uh, that was last week. And then next week is the fourth anniversary show from OTT. So it's all, mm. all busy, all go, all travel. Uh, uh, for myself, so back up to Dublin there next weekend for that for that double header. Uh, other than that, though, you know, fairly uh, fairly quiet week here uh, for for the old uh, the Barry lad here. Uh, uh, you know, watch some Halloween movies, watch some spooky Ooh. movies, uh, watch some non spooky movies. Goes uh, in in, in uh, a little bit. And uh, last night, of course, I stayed up to watch the old uh, human cockfighting, um, which I thought was uh, all right. Uh, you know, the, the it was a good show. It was a good show, fight. to be fair. I was like, yeah, you know, it was like that. You know, some of it was a bit boring. Most of it was a bit boring, but some of it was good. Uh, and the uh, obviously the the dramatics of the main events then as well. Uh, I was very sleepy, very very sleepy. Um, How much uh, sleep did you get? Well, I came home and I slept for like seven hours, so oh. I still got I still got a good, a good amount of sleep. I I, I'm a, I'm on four hours sleep. 
I more or Ooh. less I more or less got up to eat and do this show. So I, sl- uh, I slept from like... seven a.m. till about eleven a.m. That's why you're both tired. That's why there's no there's old, no quiz. old shite. Um, uh, well, in fairness, one there was one really good bit where Derek Lewis did what might have been the most entertaining promo in the history of combat sports. That, that was the hot balls. balls. The hot balls, yeah. <laughs> he took his shorts off for some reason. Uh, well, why, why have you no pants on there? Balls, my balls hot. <laughs> that wasn't even the best bit, though. The best bit where he was he was told that he's likely the number one contender for the heavyweight title. He said, oh, he said he needed... She, I need to work on my gas tank or some <laughs> shit like that. Because he was very gassed during the fight. <laughs> Don't talk to me about That's... no title shots. I need to go home, sit down, shit. That sounds great, though. If someone on the Indies cut that promo, they'd be headlining all in next year. Yeah, They'd be, I... they'd be huge. He was very entertaining. And also his, his victory was, was quite great as well because it was like a pretty shit fight. Where he, the 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 aforementioned gas tank was self-evident, but then he came back in literally the last ten seconds of I think the third round and and won. Um, knocked the other chap so, out. Uh, knocked the other guy out. So yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Then we had the, uh, of course, we had the the main event, uh, which by the time most people are listening to this, they'll probably have been completely sick of hearing about it. I'm already sick of hearing about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, people just you know <sighs> dissecting the the whole whose fault is this? You know, everyone, no one, everyone wants to act like well, lots of Irish people anyway want to act like Connor is this saintly being because on this one highly specific occasion, he he at least on the surface level appeared to be the bigger man. Um, they just sort of forgot about everything that preceded this day. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a bit. This is, this is why I don't follow this more closely because I'm, I'm a bit, you know, burnt out. I, well, I think this, this specific, like this specifically, I'm just burnt out on already. But in in a more general sense, oh, some Brazilian happening. Um, oh my god, I'm after getting a big stein of water given to me. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I need to tweet a picture of this. This is more water than I've ever had in my whole life. Well, <laughs> the middle glass. Thank you very much. Um, okay, we're getting a picture taken of the big thing of water. Post. Okay, I'll put it next to my head so you can have a little. And I've got a pretty big head for reference here. Human. For uh, well, hang on. Don't, don't need to get disrespectful out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a big old thing of water. Um, send that to me there. I'll put I'll put that up on the Twitter. Um, yeah, I've I've. This is the first UFC that I've watched in quite a while like I, I i've gone to the length of unfollowing i think i might have mentioned this before unfollowing every mma related twitter account that i followed um just completely burned out on it. i don't even want to see results of shows i, I just don't want to hear it so this was the one that i kind of dipped in for because it was you know mcgregor khabib's a big deal um uh, and then almost immediately after it was finished i was like i'm already tired of it again it was only one show yeah yeah and the whole scandal and, you know, we already had fucking Undertaker Kane earlier in the day doing their post-main event shenanigans. Now we have Khabib as well. Ah, I can't deal with it all. Mm. Well, luckily, luckily, I didn't watch the fucking the uh, uh, Wallaby wrestling earlier in the in the evening. So I was, you know. No, neither did I. I only heard about um, it. 
I want to watch the Cruiserweight match, but other than that, I have no desire to see most of it. But uh, but yeah, that was the UFC. Did you uh, did you watch it with any friends? Did you get any nice food or? Um, I did, well, I I had too much nice food, Barry. To be honest with you. Oh no. Uh, no, I just I went down to watch it with my brother. It was just the two of us in the house watching it at all hours. Um, yeah, then I felt a little bit sick afterwards because I had too much nice food, but it was all right. None, none to worry about. Yourself? I know it was with a few pals. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we had to go up the country. Uh, you know, up to County Limerick. Haven't been there in a while. Uh, uh, to some pals who had BT Sport, we watched it there. It was a good time. It was a fun time. Uh, but yeah, and that's it for another uh, year until Connor fights again. So that's that's me done. Um, but yeah, beyond that, uh, any uh, any life guff we wanted to discuss? I have nothing else. Um, not life related particularly, but it, it is Halloween time, so I have made my little list of Halloween movies to watch that I inevitably, oh, really? I inevitably flake out on after watching maybe six of them. But uh, just to run by you guys in case you've seen any of these and you can maybe say, uh, yeah, that's worth a watch, or or maybe to to give one a miss. Um, I've already watched one of them, but I'm going to rewatch it with uh, Nat. Because I only watched it on my own, so okay, watch it with her. Uh, so the ten movies, I, I every every year we make a list of ten movies. We watch about six or seven of them. But this is the list for this year: is Psycho, Hitchcock's Psycho, Her- Hereditary from last year, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the original one. Uh, wait, uh, so did you say you wanted takes from us as we go? No, 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 just oh, uh, The Exorcist, okay. which I've, I've also never uh, seen. No scary. That's all right. Uh, hered- hereditary, very good. Yeah. Uh, let right, the... Friday 13th, not scary either. That's okay. Uh, let the right one in, the original one. I haven't um, seen it. It Comes at Night. I have that on Blu-ray. I want to watch it. Yeah. The Omen, the original one. Um, oh, I haven't seen that one. Uh, I haven't watched it in years, but I remember it being great. Uh, Poltergeist. The original Ooh, one. The original one, yeah. Yeah, great. Uh, don't well, look... well, I remember it being great. Don't Look Now. I've never seen that one. And last but not least, Cronenberg's The Fly. Oh, that's good. Oh, of course. Proper, Classic. Proper yeah. Sci-fi horror. Yeah. Very good. Look at that style of water. Holy shit. <laughs> what is this? What is this? It's Paul Griffin CSP on the old Twitter machine. On the Tudor. Uh, oh my god! And, and your head—you have quite a—you know, but no, you don't have quite a large head. You, no, without no, getting this, without without being insulting, I do have a very big head. You you have a decent sized head on you, and yeah. that is quite the style of water. And I like I like that you're broadcasting in your uh, your, your Angel Cruiser shirt. My Angel Cruiser shirt in bed. I like yeah, that he's broadcasting from bed like one of Charlie Bucket's grandparents. <laughs> Famously a fan of the Angel Cruisers, Charlie Bucket and his family. Um, I was there. Oh god. Um. But uh, that's a solid list. I don't yeah. think that picture uh, even does the size of this glass justice, to be honest. It's it's so big. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah, so uh, it is it is spooky season. Have you watched any spooky movies yet? I have. I'll talk about that oh, good. a little I've bit watched, later. I'm off to a good start. I've watched a, a, a good couple of movies, and I've enjoyed, I think, pretty much everything I've watched so far. So that's good. Well, Joe and I watched one last week. Uh, yes, I was actually going to mention that I did watch 
The Cabin in the Woods. Ooh. Uh, mm. uh, last week, which is on the old Netflix. And I did watch it with uh, a little audio commentary. Is it Friends? By the name of Joe and Paul, uh, which I enjoyed quite a bit. I'll tell you what, though. I, I would maybe revisit the idea of doing, like, moving off in the middle of it. Um, <laughs> just kind of randomly chatting about other movies. Uh, you know. Uh, but the, I quite a bit. the reason for that was just that I had watched the movies and it was like the 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 end of the Rock, the, the Dwayne Johnson a thon. Uh, so you know, worth the talk. I mean, yeah, it's not exactly going to be evergreen, but uh, yeah, of just just a one off. Give the folks what they want. Get the movie going. Uh, so, are you two going to do another movie next this coming week or what? Because I'm not here on Sunday. Ooh, there's an idea. Maybe another spooky movie. Yeah, the thing is, we kind of need to do what we kind of need to do one we've already seen because otherwise we'll sit there just watching it. <laughs> <and not saying laughs> yeah. What's just... what's another? Because so far you've done movies that are very much CSP movies. You know what I mean? They're they're yeah. Jesus Way, Cabin in the Woods. Like you know, what's another movie that we've watched and talked about a lot that you guys could uh, could do? Uh, uh, Predator. Yeah, Predator. We could do. We could do a few. We could do a few Treehouse of Horror episodes of The Simpsons, maybe. Oh, that'd be great! I'd love that. We could pick pick out pick out our favorite three episodes, maybe, and watch them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think any other movies we really talk about. Um, mm. We'll see. We'll see. We we get to next week, and we like to I like to surprise people. To let people behind the curtain, the last two we did, um, Cabin in the Woods and Zoolander, I think we came up with those five minutes before we started recording? Yep. <laughs> Stick it on. We're doing it. So That's the way. Keep it fresh. Spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep ourselves on our toes. Well, yeah, speaking of on your toes, Paul, that leads me very nicely into uh, my life, Guff. Um, so at work, we've been doing a step challenge this week. Mm. Um, so using this this app that records your steps uh, on your phone. So as you're, you're walking around, uh, it's, it's encouraging you to, to do a bit more walking, be a bit more healthy. Um, so of course, I immediately became incredibly competitive and obsessed with it. <laughs> and have been getting up earlier so that I can get in some walking before work. Um going for a walk at lunchtime, and then going out for a walk after dinner as well. So I'm currently leading in my team or in my sort of mini competition. I've got 97,000 steps this week. Oh, um, no. Personally, second, 88,000. Right. And then after that, 71,000. Oh, slacking what, even further. What are you using to measure the steps, is it? Well... So we've got the, the app that we're using to do the competition is called uh, Stride Kick, but it doesn't actually measure them. You have to use Google Fit, which is not just the kind of standard Google app that measures all your, your health stuff. Okay. Um, so I'm using that on my phone. You can also use like Fitbit and those sort of devices, but I'm just using the phone. Because that's what I was thinking. Is there like a verification then of how many steps you've done or... No, I mean, you could just kind of enter it manually, but I think... 100,000 steps today. Yeah, exactly. I think, we're, you know, we're all on the honor system here. Yeah, it goes against the spirit of the... Yeah, the point is to get healthier and improve off, you know, mental health and fitness. So. 
It's funny because we're having um, a health week at work next week, so I might I okay. might mention somebody that we could do a similar deal. Hmm. Steal steal your idea off you, maybe. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. I I uh, I won at work a pair of tickets to uh, a tour of Dublin's Aviva Stadium. Oh, that I I finally got this week. I got the tickets, so we must go do that at some point. Not me, Joe and Barry talking there too. Oh, yeah. sorry, lads. Unless you want to come along, yeah, come look. I mean, I might do. This is where Ireland lost a mediocre game against Greece, one nil. Lots, <laughs> lots of that stuff. Yeah, um, so that's my week, and that runs until the twenty fifth. So I'll give you a update on that as the weeks go by. All hopefully right. I'll, hopefully, I'll win. I think you probably will. To be honest. Well, you're you're ahead of the curve, and honestly, those those other numbers from those other um, I'm going to call them bitches on on your team. I mean, yeah. they they they're Jobless. really not impressive at all. So um, uh, yeah, the job squad would want to up their game, to be honest. Yeah, um, this is considering but, uh, yesterday I was quite busy. I only did like two thousand steps yesterday. So you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying if I have a full week, I probably absolutely smash it. So yeah, yeah, that's that's our job. Uh, so give us an update on that as we go along. Uh, we will soldier on here uh, through the show. Uh, Telly Goff, I watched a bit of television this week. Uh, two of my favorite shows from last year are back. Uh, the Good Place, uh, which is coming to it's coming to Netflix over here on a weekly basis because it's airing on actual TV over in the states. So, uh, uh, so I watched the first episode of that. Second one is up. I haven't watched that yet. Uh, good, enjoying it. Um, uh, pretty, pretty much picking up immediately where the last one left off. Uh, a good time being had by all. I enjoy Ted Danson very much in that show. I think he's he's very very good. Uh, and also the second season of Big Mouth came out uh, on Friday. I believe, and I have also watched just the first episode of that. But it was funny; uh, a couple of a couple of belly laughs on there, which is a good sign uh, uh, for the rest of the season to come. The last, uh, you know, uh, the the first season of it that came out last year was just I it came out of absolutely nowhere. I'd never even heard of the people producing it or you know the creators of it, and I just remember laughing hysterically at several points throughout that season. Uh, really, 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 really enjoyed it. I think I think of all the animated things on Netflix, I think that's probably the best. It's better than like, you know, F is for family and stuff like that. A lot of a lot of middling kind of stuff on there. Whereas Big Mouth I think is is a genuinely brilliant, you know, it could be could be on real television, you know, successor to, to all the great kind of more more uh, grown up animated series out there. Top notch stuff. So, so I've been watching the two of those. Um and yeah, that's uh, that's that's all I got currently on on the old uh, telly golf. What about you, Led? What are you watching? Uh, well, today was the big return of little sci-fi series I like to call The Doctor Who. Oh. Um, so I was very excited about that. Of course, this time the Doctor is now being played by a woman, which mm-hmm. I think is great news. Oh, and PC gone mad. So it is. Cannot, cannot wait for Stephanie McMahon to come out tomorrow and take credit for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, <coughs> I was drinking water so, as you said that. I don't think Stone. <laughs> it's big old Stone. <coughs> um, so in the build-up, so Michelle's watched a few before, but not seen that many. So, um, past few days, I've been taking her through some of the 
my favourite episodes of, of the old Doctor Who. So I'm watching some really, really good ones. Um, and then, yeah, just watched a new one now. Thought it was it was really, really good. A um, bit more kind of action-y than, than sci-fi or comedy that, it's, that it usually is. Almost more like a kind of Marvel feel to it, except not incredibly boring. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up so far. I'll see how the rest of the series goes. But I think Jodie Whittaker's really good as the Doctor. And there's a good little kind of team that's been assembled in the in the first episode. So it's good. The only weird thing is it's so it's the first episode was set in Sheffield and all the actors and characters are kind of from Yorkshire. Mm. And I'll be honest, I struggle with the accent a bit. So God knows once it gets to America what they're gonna think of it. Um fingers crossed for subtitles there. <laughs> um yeah, otherwise that other than that, very good. Um not really watched much other T V this week, and I'm sure I watched all of Big Mouth because I refuse to watch it because I don't like it. Um, and I forgot about The Good Place, but yeah, I might watch that after, after we're Wait, done. Wait, why don't you like Why don't you like Big Mouth? That's rubbish. Oh, that's that's very harsh. That's very yeah. harsh. Anyway, yeah. Paul, would you watch it? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't... Didn't watch any TV to see. What was the one episode of Doctor Who we watched that time, though, where the angels were on the ceiling, or whatever it was? Oh, it was The Fall of the Byzantium. The Fall of the Byzantium. That's the one episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen. It was alright. It was pretty good. The Crash of the Byzantium. Okay. Crash. Have you seen that one, Joe? I don't know. Which Doctor was that? Was that Matt Smith? Matt Smith. Okay. I've probably seen it, yeah. It was where there was a spaceship in it or something. And the spaceship had a TV on it. And the TV had an angel on it. Then the angel came out the TV. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And, well, basically, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> Badly. <laughs> and then there was all kinds of madness happening. Oh, mate. Oh, brilliant. And then they saved the day and they flew off. You only oh, watched good. half of it. <laughs> yeah, but that, I imagine that's what happened. <laughs> no, I, I um, was never really exposed to Doctor Who. Um, but then... I'll we... expose you. No, not a nerd, please. Um, uh, well, hang on. You're a huge nerd. Right, let me mute, let me mute <laughs> Natty's microphone here. Oh, I'm not a nerd. Anyway, time for anim- Animu Guff. Look. Here are, my, here are my top five waifus for the week. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> anyway, I've watched any TV. I know South Park is back. It's been uh, back for two weeks. I haven't yet watched the episodes, but I'll try and get them watched this week. I do like South Park. Apart from that, okay. no. Nothing else. Alrighty. Uh, we can soldier on here. Have you listened to any hot tunes this week? I have. I'm going to segue here to um, my email that I have. This email comes from Will. Subject, album of the week. He says, hi, Paul. My recommendation for album of the week is my favorite album. WWF The Music Volume 2. Cheers, Will. Now, Will, I realize your email here is sarcastic, but I, I on your recommendation, did listen to, to WWF The Music Volume 2 in its entirety um, in the last two weeks. Uh, it's... Oh, how, how would you describe it? It's utterly dreadful. Um... It has a bonus track on it on Spotify. I recommend people check this out just for how bad it is. The Spotify version of WWF The Music Volume 2 has a bonus track, which is the Jim Johnston demo version of um, oh, Triple H's King of Kings, 
theme, which would be done by Motorhead, but it has none of the kind of charm of the Motorhead version, and it has Jim Johnson in his little tinny voice going, Bow down to the... Bow down to the king. And wait, uh, wait, why'd they put that on the music volume two? Isn't that from like the 80s? I know, but um, for all of the WF the music volume one, two, three, four, five, they put like two extra bonus tracks from quote unquote modern day on it. And um, but yeah, that that album is as far as wrestling music goes, that album is really bad. And also, what's weird about it is a lot of the tracks on it. It'd be like the Undertaker's theme, right? Or Mankind's theme. Just has them talking over it for some reason. Undertaker going, You will rest in peace. Over his theme. Um, I don't get why they did that. But anyway, thank you for the recommendation. Sure it's not just of, of that particular era. Maybe there was a mix that, that they used briefly. <sighs> that was that. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But it's, it's shite. And uh, Will, you are now banned from recommending <laughs> albums. Forever. And banned from emailing. No more emails from Will. If you get one, you have to delete it. Um, I will not obey that rule. <laughs> thank you for your email. Uh, I did listen to some actual music this week. I listened to the Arctic Monkeys back catalogue. Uh, and also I listened to Alex Turner, who is what is the singer of the Arctic Monkeys. He did um, like an EP for a movie called Submarine. And I listened to that as well. Um, if I was to plot a graph very quickly of how the Arctic Monkeys back catalog goes. It's like the first album, uh, whatever you say, I'm, then that's what I'm not, or whatever it's called, is like basically perfect. I would say. I think every track on it is excellent. Um, there's like one that I think is is weaker than the rest, but I I do still like it. Uh, it's the one I'm looking at the tracklist now. It's a, uh, I know it has vampires in the name, but I can't remember what the track is called. Um. Whatever people say I am, that's what I am not. Uh, maybe Vampires is a bit strong, but I think that's like the weakest track on the album. But is an excellent album. Um, I think the second album then, which was uh, Favorite Worst Nightmare, is also basically perfect. I think I, I, I like every track on the album. And though a really strong kind of number one, number two albums. Um, it's Humbug where st- things start to wobble a little bit. I think... Um, Dangerous Animals off Humbug is the first uh, Arctic Monkey song in, in chronological order that uh, that I don't like. And um, it still has some good, good tracks on it. My Propeller, Crying Lightning, etc. Uh, Suck It and See is the fourth album. Is, I think, the weakest one of the six. Um, this is where the Arctic Monkeys really lose that... Um, that working class kind of swagger that was so defining of their early albums and turned into like a, a crooning lounge band. Um, so it wasn't, uh, wasn't so hot on that one. There's still some good tracks on, of course. Um, don't sit down because I moved your chair. I quite like it, especially. Uh, AM then is good again. So the, the, the graph goes like... Top, top, then down a little bit for the third album, then really down for the fourth album. Back up for the fifth one to AM, because that's a little bit more of a rock album after the previous one. It's got some really good tracks on it. Um, Are You Mine, um, Number One Party Anthem, even though Number One Party Anthem is kind of that kind of slower 
uh, song. I did really enjoy it. And then I listened to, finally, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino, which they just released this year. And uh, I don't think it's quite as bad as Suck It and See, but I kind of didn't really jive with it. I think it's a little bit too slow, too ponderous. And again, it doesn't have that classic Arctic Monkey sound that defined their first few albums. It's not really a a classic rock album in the sense. It's more kind of out there. And I, was, I wasn't super hot on it, but fair enough. Uh, and then uh, the Submarine soundtrack one, uh, I really, really liked. It, it It is kind of slower. Every song has kind of a a waltzy quality to it, which is funny because I, I had thought that. And then one of the tracks is actually called Pile Driver Waltz. And I, I, I'd been thinking as I like listened to the second track, third track, I was like, this is every song has got kind of that um tempo to it that it feels like a, a waltz like it's kind of <laughs> and then then there was a, a track that had waltz in the, in the title um so that's really that was that was also really really great the only um cds that i haven't listened to that i only realized afterwards oh i should have included them as well uh are the last shadow puppets which he did with miles kane um and i really like the singles that they put out, but I did, didn't get a chance to listen to their albums. But um, in summary, Arctic Monkeys' first two albums are really, really great. If you're not giving them a listen, um, or if you just know the singles, those albums are like almost like greatest hits albums there in terms of quality. Uh, third album is kind of half and half. Fourth album, Suck It and See, really not very good. And then AM is, is, is pretty good again. And then the new one. I might need to give the new one a few more listens to really get into it, but it was fine. Yeah. That's what happens. Alrighty. This is what happens when we have a week off. Instead of just being able to listen to one album in detail, I listen to about 100 and then don't really have any insight on any of them. Except that they're some, of them, are, some of them are good and some of them are bad. Was, you know, you got a lot in there. Um, mm, I got all my shit in. So uh, that was music of obviously uh, Paul Griffin CSP on Twitter, and uh, you can send us an email as well if you have a, uh, a suggestion for music for Paul to listen to. Uh, how are the various video game endeavors going this week? I I don't think I played anything. Oh well, I finished Bioshock. Okay. How that how that home stretch treat you? Ah, uh, I thought it was excellent. Really? Yeah. I really liked it. Um, Story-wise, I mean. It's funny because um, Bioshock obviously came out like a decade ago. Uh, and yet, I somehow went 10 years completely unspoiled on what the twist of Bioshock is. Oh, how did you do that? I feel like that was a running joke for so long in so many places. I know, but I somehow had no idea. I somehow had evaded um, what the twist is. I don't know whether that the twist... Um, if heard out of context really resonates that much, I think you need to kind of have the context of what the story of the game is to understand yeah. it. But no, I'd never heard, I never heard what the, the, the ending of Bioshock was. So, um, I was kind of pleasantly surprised at the kind of right turn it takes, um, about 80% of the way through. Um, so now that it's finished, I mean, Bioshock, I think, is, is, is a really, really excellent game. If, if I was to say that it, it has a fault, it's that some of the missions are very just collect loads of these things for whatever reason. Like it, two or three times throughout the game, 
instead of having like your your specific goal that you're doing for your mission it'll just say oh collect four of these things three of these things and ten of these things yeah and you just have to look around for them there's no like specific place to go get them um and that 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 was maybe the only part of the game that felt a little bit uninspired or a little bit flat but otherwise uh, apart from that i thought it felt a lot like super metroid it's definitely in that kind of metroidvania uh category for me because it, it does involve a lot of backtrack backtracking but also a lot of looking at the map to see where you've not been um in order to know exactly which way you need to go because I, I, it does have, by default, a little arrow that points you, like, go here, go here, go here. But I was trying to play without relying on the arrow too much. So there was a lot of looking at the map instead and saying, okay, well, I haven't been in this area. I haven't been in this area. Um, but yeah, I was, I was really, really uh, impressed by it. And I think it holds up really well as well. Of course, I was playing the remastered um, Bioshock Collection version on PS4. But um, I think That's it holds good- up. Yeah, it looks looks great. Holds up really well. Um, gameplay wise, really good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have too many criticisms about it. It's maybe a little bit, a little bit short. But uh, on the other hand, I feel like if it was any longer, maybe it would just eventually overstay its welcome. In, in terms of the story, it's the perfect length. Uh, I like the characters that it introduces. I like the world. Obviously, that's like its main strength is the world. But um, the little characters that come and go. But in a memorable way, especially with the the yeah. one the one where you're taking the photographs of the the dead people for um the uh what's the character's name oh I don't remember but um yeah Bioshock wonderful I don't know why I left it so long to play it but uh, yeah it's a great game definitely shot into game. my like favorite games for sure I'll definitely play Bioshock two and um, Infinite um. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of 2, because that's... Actually, you know what? I'm looking forward to hearing what you say about both, because I didn't play 2, um, and I know it's this weird kind of albatross that some people like and a lot of people don't. Uh, and then Infinite is... I remember being blown away by it at the time. People had a lot of reservations about it. I'm curious how it looks today. Not not As in not looks aesthetically, but what you make of it basically right um yeah i'm i'm interested to hear the the follow-ups uh, in this in this saga well they won't be coming for a while because i just started assassin's creed odyssey which i hear is about 500 hours long yeah well assassin's creed um origins i platinumed and completed all the dlc in 91 hours Oof. so i'm expecting a similar haul with odyssey um I'm I'm w- too early into it to have any real um anything to say about it. I I just beat BioShock um at about 2:30 last night. <laughs> I was playing it during the UFC prelims cuz like I I'm am I fuck watching these prelims. Um so I was, I was playing BioShock up until about 2:30 and then I played Assassin's Creed for about 20 minutes before the main show started proper. But that's all I've played of it so far so i'm about 20 minutes in i've done the little tutorial thing uh already there are some changes that i i really think are for the better so in um in assassin's creed origins you had your little special meter and once that filled up you could hit l2 r2 for your special attack i'm, I'm sure you remember this part um instead what you have now is you have um uh, I think it's under L1 
uh, or maybe L2. I'm not, again, I've only played the game very fleetingly. You have instead a uh, a choice of different specials that you can use. So if you hit L, whatever trigger it is, L1 or L2, pl plus triangle at the same time, that will select a specific special. So you have one that like boosts your attack for a, a certain amount of time. You have one that is more widespread for taking out multiple enemies at once. You have one that's like a, a, a deadly strike, you know, like a special strike. So rather than just having your one special, um, it gives you different specials for different circumstances, which I really uh, like. Um, what I would say, though, is the in terms of combat, it's going to take me maybe an hour or two to get back into it because it's completely different from Spider-Man's combat, um, which is kind of the, the most recent in my head. So... Um, I'm used to square to attack, circle to dodge. Well, square is the dodge now. Um, R1, R2 to attack. And, oh, I, I, I'm sure once I play it for a little while, it'll be it'll be fine. But just uh, even in the tutorial, I was kind of struggling to really have any kind of fluidity to my attacks. So all felt very heavy and very sluggish. Yeah. But it wasn't the game; it was me because I'm so unused to that control scheme. Um. But looks fantastic. I I will be playing as Cassandra, the lady, um, because mm. because the male option seems like the most bland, um, uninteresting, pretty pretty boy. <laughs> so I was like, I have no interest in playing as this, as this fucker. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Cassandra. So, um, all all I've done in the main game, unfortunately, uh, I have to report that the the game does keep up this stupid pretense of you are a person in the real world in modern times who lies down in a magic MRI machine and goes back in time. Um, there was uh, there was one of those cutscenes like right at the beginning of the game. I was like, oh, this. Well, there always is. I mean, look, that's, that's what it is. Just knock it on the head. Just. But they can't do that. Ah, uh, they can. They can though. They just they just put out an announcement and say, oh, the next Assassin's Creed, you're just in. You're just an assassin in Greece. But obviously not no, be people, people, people would be furious. Oh, it's such nonsense. I hate it. I, hate I know. It. I, I, don't, I don't have any time for it either. I'm just saying. The, the one compromise that I was thinking about was if they made all the present day stuff just cutscenes instead of that you're playing them. Because um, it's kind of like Spider Man when you do a, a Mary Kate mission. Is that when you're playing Assassin's Creed and then suddenly you're whatever the character's name is, the, the lady in, in modern time, it just becomes a watered-down, uninteresting walk around the area and look at things, and it takes me out of the game, and I hate it. So it, it, if, if, they have, if they must keep it in, um, at least just have it be a cutscene they watch for five minutes, and then you're back to your game. You know, I, I really can't stand those parts. But I'm really looking forward to it. It looks fantastic. Um and it's more Assassin's Creed. It, it looks similar to Odyssey, even or it looks similar to Origins, even though, as I said, some systems have changed, and I'm really excited to play more. Oh, I'm going to play it all week. I'm going to be like 20 hours in by the end of the week. It's going to be great. Are you going to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Barry? No, uh, no. Everything I've heard about it just makes it seem like I, I have no interest in it. Oh. Um, like, well, you have Red Dead on the horizon. Anyway, it's like all the just. It seems like the time investment is even bigger on this one, and mo as a lot of an awful lot of talk about the amount of time required for it to get going, which sounds like more time than I put into Origins in total. 
Right. Um, um, and I, I just hear about how they've really doubled down on just uh, all like, the more hours put into it. There's tons of subsystems and menus and, and and a million different things to do. And I'm like, ah, honestly, like like all the Assassin's Creed talk in the last week or so just kind of made me fire up Origins a little bit during the week. Mm. Played a bit of that, and I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. But I I have no desire. To, I have no desire to keep playing this, let alone start a new one. So. Um, so yeah, I I don't think I'll be I don't think I'll be playing this. And how 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 how, how many of the previous ones have you played? Free Origins. I I played one, two, and Syndicate. Okay. Because after two, I had my fill of them for ages, and then I got back into Syndicate. And I think I own a few others. They were on like sale that I've never actually played. Yeah. Because I, I, Origins is my first one, so I didn't have that. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes that sense. Burnout on it, and it's also very, very different to a lot of them as well. So absolutely, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, what else have you been playing? I've, I've, I've just that. I just, I just finished Bioshock and started Assassin's Creed. That was all. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so uh, we will. We, I'm sure we'll be getting more. Uh, Odyssey talk as as the weeks go on. Yeah, uh, let's let's jump into the old uh, the movie guff here. We got a lot of movies. Um, let's talk before we get into the spooky movies. Let's uh, let's talk about some new releases we've seen. Because I saw uh, I saw Venom. Hmm. Uh, I saw Venom twice. Oh God. Okay. Um, so I went to to see Venom on opening night. Uh, and it was the same night that A Star is Born opened here in Ireland. Uh, I think we got it two days before the US. And it opened on a Wednesday. And so we went to the 9 o'clock showing. And Wednesday just happens to be the night that Odeon does their student discount night. So it was fucking mental there. It was absolutely <laughs> mental. Because we had, we had these two massive films opening. And it was 9 o'clock on a discounted night. Uh, the queue was literally out the door. I started in the queue outside the, the, the cinema. And so me and my roommate were there, and we were in the queue, and we were like, um, what if this sells out? And we're like, yeah, that's a good point. So the two of us, while in the queue for the box office, got, went on our phones and booked our tickets to go see Venom. Hmm. Okay. Uh, got to the front of the queue after... I, I was waiting in the queue for about a half an hour. Um, oh, uh, oh. uh audience service is really slow. Like, I have the limitless card. Hmm. Uh, it's like, there's, it's like, I don't know if, like, the, the, the registers or their system, they have, like, predates them rolling out those cards, but every time I use the card or any time anyone uses the card and I'm behind them in the queue, it's like their system, like, shits a brick when they try to use the, 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 the card. It takes forever to ring it up. So it's going so, so slowly. We get to the front, and I'm like, I show my, like, again, it's, we just did this on our phone, so I just show them the email, uh, reference with the booking number print off our tickets get our suites whatever um as i was doing this no exaggeration swear to god the guy the queue to my right came to the front of 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 the queue he was in and he and his friend tried to just buy venom tickets and they were sold out um so i think we must have gotten some of the last ones uh uh that were available um yeah so so and then on top of that so all this mayhem in the lobby, everyone trying to get in, trying to see these two films. Um, and, and I missed the first 10 minutes of the film because of, of, the, of queuing to get the tickets. And I, we showed up early. We did not show up, you know, at 9 o'clock. We showed up at like half eight. 
yeah. um, uh, um, to, to, to get this. Uh, we missed uh, the first 10 minutes, and there was no seats available bar the front row to the extreme left. Oh. So not even front row center. I had to sit there front row and kind of tilt my head back and tilt it like to the left to watch the whole film. Uh, or to the right, rather, because I was sitting on the left. Um, as you might imagine, because no one ever chooses to do this, not a good way to watch a film. Not a good way to watch a film. Uh, it was like like half the screen felt like it was out of focus for most of it. Thank God this wasn't 3D. It probably would have been a nightmare. Um, but so to, to remedy this, we went we went again on Friday. I did not go to see it twice because I effing loved it so much. Um, but I wanted to like see the whole thing and I wanted to watch it not in agony. Um, Friday night also like four or five people short of a sellout. Uh, it, like this, I am not surprised by the news that this film has has done gangbuster business because it did gangbuster business in my town alone. So I can imagine it the world over. But anyway, the actual movie I enjoyed a decent amount. I thought it was um, silly, in, you know, for the most part, in, in a kind of deliberate way, not silly in, in a way that they were going for something else. I think I can kind of understand why people hated it. I definitely think it's not great. Um, uh, I don't think it's in the pantheon of, of superhero films. Uh, we were talking about this afterwards. It's definitely like my least favorite superhero film I saw this year. I mean, compared to like Black Panther and Infinity War, it doesn't rank really at all. Um, uh, but I thought it was good fun. I thought it was very, in a lot of ways, very non-traditional. Um, so the, the very weird thing about this film, a lot of, a lot of reviews have kind of said that it's like a movie from like 10 or 15 years ago, which I would agree with, but I don't think of it as a bad thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit schlocky, but like not, again, not unintentionally schlocky. It's, it's, it's going for a kind of different vibe for the most part. I think the key scene that's that's um, that will kind of decide whether or not you like this film. This is in like the first half an hour or first forty minutes thereabouts. Uh, after Tom Hardy's character gets the Venom symbiote, but he doesn't know he doesn't know what's happening to him. There's like a there is like a body horrorish sequence where he is like eating loads of disgusting food because he has this ravenous hunger and he's twitching and he looks like an addict and he's going through this like like weird body metamorphosis he goes to his um uh, he goes to this fancy restaurant where where his uh, fiance is uh, eating with her or his his ex is eating with her new boyfriend and i don't think i've ever seen tom hardy in the scene this wacky before he was playing like like 90s jim carrey in this scene, in this fancy restaurant, where he's like panically, panically, like trying to talk to his ex about what's happening to him, and then also running around the restaurant eating food off everyone's plates, um, and then uh, uh, he jumps into a lobster tank because he's too hot, and then he starts eating a live lobster. Um, and I thought that was great. I thought it was silly, and I thought it was weird, and I thought it was like something you would never see in a lot of uh, uh, modern superhero films. And I'm sure plenty of people thought it was goofy and stupid and hated it. But um, I really liked it. And then once the actual, once actual Venom comes into it, then it's, it, it's very much the, the, uh, the internal monologue of that character and Tom Hardy's character. They're kind of a, a, like an odd couple, for lack of a better term, which again is very campy and very silly, but I really enjoyed it. Um, so it has all that going for it. And then the second half of the film is like a superhero film where, where he has to fight an uh, evil businessman who also has a symbiote. 
um, and has a, a preposterous plan that makes no sense. Um, uh, and it's it's very, very silly, and there's a bunch of CGI fighting, and then it's like the second half of the film is like... And I didn't like that nearly as much. So um, I went, I went uh, three stars on the old Venom. I thought it was a perfectly enjoyable uh, popcorn film, but... Uh, yeah, I think everyone. I think I think I think your mileage will wildly vary on that. I'd be interested to see uh, if you two lads uh, get around to seeing it at some stage. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a miss. To be honest, you're going to give it a miss. Yeah. Why? I'm just not I'm just not interested in seeing it. I, I I I I've heard that it's like you say. I've heard that it's it's bad, but in an enjoyable way. But um. See, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say it's like enjoying it because it's bad. Like that's the one thing. Like someone someone asked me is like, oh, is this like? Because there was there was one early review going around that got everyone talking that said it was like Catwoman, and someone asked me is it like that, and I said no, no. When I say it, it's 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 campy and a bit schlocky, but I liked it. I don't mean that it's so bad in its campiness that I enjoyed it. I think it's in in the same way movies fifteen years ago were not these polished Avengers, you know, uh, uh, kind of uh, sheer down edges, everything perfect and easily to digest. Like, it's, it's, it's a wacky movie in a way that I found amusing. But it's, it's no, it's, it's not any kind of amusing train wreck. I mean, I think if you go in expecting that, you, you might actually even be further disappointed because I have also heard people say it's pretty boring, which I wouldn't even necessarily disagree with. Mm. Um, yeah, but it's 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 not it's not any kind of like amusing train wreck movie. No, I think for me it'll be maybe, God, if, if I'm lost looking on Netflix in two years, maybe I'll watch it. But it's, no, it, I, it just hasn't done anything to entice me out of the house to go see it. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, who saw A Star Is Born this weekend? Well, that would be me, Barry. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, opening night, I believe. Um, I mean, I wouldn't. I was kind of interested in seeing this because of all the Oscar buzz and just the general buzz around the film. Um, I probably wouldn't have bothered to see it at the cinema, but some people from work were going, so right. went along um, to the, to an Odeon. Again, my uh, experience a little bit smoother in the yours. It was quite busy because, uh, as it was opening night, a lot of Gaga fans, obviously, in central London. Um, they call themselves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only annoying thing was, so I've got a perk box uh, subscription through work, which means you get discounts on movie tickets and things. Ooh. Annoying thing is, you can't um, pick up the tickets from the machines, so oh, you have to go and show your code to the little fella at the popcorn stand and get it. But that was that was pretty quick. That was fine. Um, cinema's quite it's quite an old one. It's in it's in central London. I think it's been renovated in a long, long time. It's not one of your big multiplexes it's a bit of an old older one and the seats were so uncomfortable my ass was killing me um, <laughs> and it's quite it's it's a good two hours and 20 minutes of the film and we got there quite early so sat through you know 20 odd minutes of 30 minutes of ads and trailers so god after three hours i was shifting around in my seat um in, in agony um but that aside to the the film itself i quite enjoyed it um, I thought Bradley Cooper and Gaga. Who's Crinchlin? That's Paul, not me. Paul, stop Crinchlin. Okay. Um, 
yeah, I thought Cooper and, and Gaga were both good in their roles. I thought the chemistry was good. Um, I, I thought he was believable as, as the kind of rock star singer. Um, the songs written for the film kind of did their job within the film, not necessarily sort of good songs that you you know you can go away and listen to the soundtrack over and over again. Um, but they kind of fit what they needed to within the movie, so that worked for me. Hmm. Um, so the only things with it, it, there's a lot of kind of themes and sort of strings to the movie that don't end up really going anywhere, or that didn't kind of pay off or have the sort of consequences that I, I would have sort of hoped or expected. So it made the, the finale and the culmination um, not quite as you know resonant as it could have been. Um, but over, overall, I'd give it mild thumbs up for for the kind of good moments. Okay. Um, Michelle hated it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like, I could be honest, It didn't seem like she was sort of she wasn't exactly raring to see it. You know. No, no. I think she just sort of came along because I was going. But. All the um, She was yeah. I think well she she kind of likes on the the chemistry, but I think a lot of the. Some of it is quite silly, and I don't know. It's just didn't didn't quite nail it. Um, it also felt quite this sort of relationship between Bradley Cooper and Gaga. So obviously he's a kind of very successful rock star, but who's kind of on the way down. He's not kind of hit rock bottom, but he's kind of going through a lot of issues with some substance abuse and uh, problems with his hearing and things like that. And obviously Gaga's kind of he he plucks her from obscurity and. Um, helps her become a star. Um, so, so that that kind of worked, but then it also felt like it didn't go kind of deep or dark enough into their relationship. So there wasn't that much sort of edge to it. So it's supposed to be this kind of toxic, you know, relationship where it becomes imbalanced, but you need, nothing really happens to, to kind of speak to that. Um, and I kind of wonder if Bradley Cooper just didn't want to um, go too dark and, and put off the, the award uh, voters. Right. Or the Gaga fans. Yeah. So they kept it quite kind of, quite, quite a moderate. Um, but again, yeah, it, it was okay. I didn't dislike it, but I think overall the feeling from the people who saw it was with, it was fine, but not great. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see that at some point. Uh, I'm very intrigued by it. Um, mm. And I'll, I'll report back in the uh, in the coming weeks. Actually, I might try to see it this week. So maybe uh, two weeks time when I'm back on the show. Uh, yeah. Uh, any good post credit scenes? Any to establish the, the Star Wars board universe? Um, the not that I remember. Okay. Mate, I think we left before the end, so I don't know. Maybe there's an Easter egg in there. Somewhere. Oh, an Easter egg where where Nick Fury shows up and he's like, Lady Gaga. Yeah, Gaga. Come with me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the 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 post credit scene, the mid credit scene in Venom is like the most annoying one ever. I was like, oh, I enjoyed this, but God, never make this next film you're teasing. It's dreadful. Um, but anyway, uh, I also watched some spooky movies because it's October, so we gotta watch spooky movies. Mm. Uh, I watched a couple of sequels here uh, uh, to films I'd seen before. Oh wait, oh actually, no, I hadn't seen. So I watched Ouija 2 on Netflix, Ooh. Ouija Origin of Evil, uh, um, which is on Netflix. Uh, I always want to pronounce it, by the way, as Ouya, 
because of the way it's spelled. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of that video game thing. The, the, <laughs> the Android. Uh, like, ooh, yeah, Origin of Evil would be quite the film. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, ooh, yeah, Origin of Evil came out like two years ago, and it was like oddly well-reviewed because the original uh, uh, Ouija was like a, a critical bomb, uh, uh, like one of the worst films of the year it came out. And the sequel was you know, somewhat decently reviewed, um, directed by Mike Flanagan, who did Gerald's Game, which I think it, at least one of you has watched as well on Netflix. Uh, he also directed Hush, which is one of my favorite kind of uh, Netflix movies. Uh, so, you know, a real consistent uh, horror director. And I thought this was good. I enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, it's uh, a kind of a, kind of an interesting premise off the bat. Uh, the main the main characters are this family of uh, kind of shysters. Basically, the mom is a person who does uh, 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 psychic work, like communicating with the dead for like the recently bereaved. Uh, but it's all a sham, and she does it just to you know. She tells the kids she's doing it to you know, bring them comfort and stuff like that. But obviously, she's you know she's a shyster. Um, and then they they come across a quote unquote real. Ouija board and uh, it leads to some shenanigans and uh, it's quite good it's spooky uh, it's got a good sense of atmosphere I actually like the characters in it I think the, I think the central family is good um, and yeah so it's, it's a solid watch it's on Netflix uh, the only problem a uh, bit cliched in, in places a few, few kind of uh, tired kind of jump scares that are a bit uh, a bit tacky but uh, generally speaking uh, uh, pretty good pretty good so uh, that's that's uh, Ouya Origin of Evil um I also watched a thing you might not even be aware happened. The second Strangers film. They made a Strangers 2. Uh, either of you see The Strangers with Liv Tyler? No. Uh, no. No. Okay. Strangers was a home invasion like slasher movie um, that was released 10 years ago, 2008, that I liked, that was decently well-received, and then a couple of people liked. And then... That was good. It made it made decent money. It was one of those movies to cost like nothing to make. It's all shot in like one house. Um, uh, Liv Tyler was the big star. Glenn Howerton from Always Sunny was in it, which is a bit odd. Um, but yeah, and that was it. And then and then everyone moved on with their lives. And then they just sort of announced a few years ago that they were making a sequel um, with none of the with none of the actual big stars from that film, just the same villains. Um, and they put it out this year. I think I heard absolutely nothing about it. It was in the cinema and then out of the cinema before I could even see it. I don't know how well it did, but I just decided, you know, for something to watch. I stuck it on there earlier this week, and I was a bit floored by it. It was like one of my. It was it came out this year. It was one of my more pleasant surprises all year. I went four stars on the old letterbox on it, which I think makes me the high man of anyone on earth. Uh, but certainly of the um, of of my pals on on Letterbox, I was uh, the highest. I was higher than a lot of the critics. It's 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 Rotten Tomato score is pretty poor. I thought it's it's like the, the both of the films. They they are very very similar. They are both just slasher movies at, at its absolute core. You have a collection of people. They're in a location. They're being terrorized by these by these murderers, and that is basically it. There is no twist. There is no deeper meaning. There is nothing else going on. That's true of both those films. It's not even really a spoiler. There's, there's no, there's nothing to spoil. That is what the movie is. Um, but the first one was just had a great sense of tension and a great sense of style to it. And it's the same with this one as well. I mean, you you might watch it and think it's the most played out, you know, by the numbers genre film ever. 
but I think they took that basic structure and uh, the director did a you know a, a great job with it. This movie is shockingly stylish in certain points. I think for the first half of the film, which by the way this is less than ninety minutes, so so I would recommend this film to people. And bolstering that recommendation is that it's about eighty-five minutes long. It's not going to outstay its welcome. I think the first half is competent and good, and and. The, the characters are okay. The performances are okay. Christina Hendricks is in it. You know, the cast is all right. Um, and then the second half has two, what I thought were absolute, like, blow-away scenes. Like, two scenes that are genuinely fantastic, that they looked great, that sounded great, that that kind of kind of knocked me for six. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. And it'll probably be maybe not top ten, but if I was to do a, 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 a ranking of my favorite films that I've seen this year, I think it'll be on there. Um, so I give that a, a, a hearty recommendation if you like your slasher movies. Um, it's not too gory if that's if that's a, a concern. Uh, it's 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 a it's a pretty pretty easy watch in that regard. There's a bit of blood, obviously, but it's not it's not anything overly indulgent. It's not a gore fest. Um, yeah. So the strangers pray at night. That's a, a big thumbs up for me. And the other thing I watched was Revenge, which is another 2018 movie and another very pleasant surprise. I knew nothing about this. Uh, it's a, a movie en français. <laughs> Actually, there's a bit, it's, it's, it, it's a French film, but it's in the, the language is mixed. It's some French, some English. Um, it is a, uh, as you might guess, a revenge movie um, that's kind of a horror-y thing, kind of a action-y thriller it splits the difference a little bit. Uh, basically, the premise is that these three dudes are, uh, they have this uh, very nice, one of them has this very nice kind of um, holiday home that's for, that seems to be in the middle of the desert. It's like a, a, a remote getaway villa. And they go there, you know, once a year uh, for hunting purposes. One of them brings his uh, girlfriend and uh, they all get to know each other, and then uh, uh, the woman is assaulted by one of uh, her boyfriend's friends, one of the men on the on the party, on the on the, the getaway. Uh, and when she tells her boyfriend this, he chooses to try and kill her rather than you know hold anyone to account, and and you know easier to just like offer to shut her up than uh, um, uh, than hold anyone accountable and then it's basically obviously she survives the attempt on at her life and it's then a, a revenge movie from there um and again what kind of like the strangers it's it is it does not reinvent the wheel it's a revenge movie it's 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 what it does what it says on the tin but it's super stylish it's super well made um it is this is this is one for the not paul uh file okay uh it is it is perhaps the most gory movie I watched this the same day after I watched you lads talking over Cabin in the Woods, and it, it nearly puts the elevator scene to shame. Um, it is one of the most brutal movies I've seen uh, in quite some time. Uh, there's there's a chase scene where one character who's being pursued, just as they're going, smashes a, a, a torch um, so that the person who's chasing them barefoot steps on the glass, and then there is just a basically a full like five or six minute scene of him trying to yank the glass out of the gash in his foot that is so grotesque it's so grotesque and then that same character is trying to get away in a car moments later and they're, and they're showing them trying to put his foot on the accelerator and blood is just spurting out of their foot because it still has a massive gash in it it's really really grotesque um, but if you have a strong stomach I, I think this is genuinely one of the best films I've, I've seen all year 
um, are really, really, really great. You know, great and and upsetting in equal measures. It's not it's not for the, the faint-hearted, but I uh, really, really enjoyed that. So that's just called Revenge. Um, I think it general release came out this year, but if you're googling it, I think it's technically called like Revenge 2017 because uh, it debuted on some like circuits and film festival circuits there last year. So yeah. Uh, those are all my movies. I think those are all recommendations across the board. I enjoy Ooh. pretty much everything I watched this week. Um, yeah, but uh, for the spooky movies, yeah, Strangers Pray at Night and Revenge. Oh, excuse me, are, are both worth your time. What about you, lads? What other what other movies you seen there apart from the old the old new releases? I also saw. Um, well, I kind of mentioned this during the commentary last week. But I finally watched Solo. Star Wars ah, Disney yes. story, um, which I enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed, aside from the fact that I mean, we expected it. But the obnoxiously crowbarred in fan service. Oh, right. um, I'll do spoilers this week. Um, who are you traveling with? Uh, no, who? What's your surname? Um, I don't have one. Who's your family? I don't have any family. Okay, I guess you're. Han, hmm, so, ooh, that's his the name of the movie, that's it, the character from Star Wars. It would be like something from an Austin Powers movie. God, that was, you know, oh, I will I call you oh. Han Solo. Um, oh God, that was, I nearly switched off at that part, that was so bad. And then if there are a few other moments like that, but I don't like to feel the need to put in all these incredibly pointless moments that reference the original trilogy. It's just so annoying. I mean, we also, I think we mentioned the fact that all of these defining characteristics of Han Solo all seem to happen within the space of about three hours. You know, he meets Lando, gets the Falcon, meets Chewbacca, gets his blaster gun. Um, all, all of it silly. But having said that, I did enjoy uh, the chemistry between the characters. Um, and I enjoyed the kind of uh, culmination as well. There wasn't a big like battle scene. It was more kind of character driven with hmm. Paul Bettany's kind of mob boss um, kind of co- confronting uh, Han and uh, Daenerys uh, in the kind of room at the end. That was... That was that was good, and I kind of like the theme. It was almost like you know she's the kind of um, what's it called, femme fatale or kind of gangster's mole who's sold out to the big mob boss to to escape the kind of underworld, and her her true loves kind of come back and got mixed up in in this big job that he's running and that kind of thing. And that that was a nice kind of um, down to earth sort of theme to it. Um, so I enjoyed that. I liked the performances. I thought the your main fella. It's weird. He kind of was good at points, kind of really charismatic and, and really did well. And then at other points, not at all. I don't know if that's the switch in direction, whether it's kind of him as an actor, but it was, it was a little bit uneven. Um, Lando um, was good or kind of, you know, decent at least. The robot woman was bloody annoying. Uh, possibly the worst oh, robot yeah. Yeah. ever. Didn't make any sense. Um, and Daenerys, you know, she can't act. God bless her. <laughs> yeah, you know. that's going to be my first question. What did you make of her? Because I thought I thought she was rubbish again in this. Uh, I mean, this is kind of also makes me worried for that 
Dark Phoenix film because none of the Game of Thrones lot can act outside of Game of Thrones. Mm. You know, they, oh God, they're just there to, to look good and be surrounded by old British grizzled actors who can do all the acting for them. Um, and when you take them out of that environment and put them into a real film, I just, yeah. it just does not work. She was, she was fine though. She wasn't really bad. I don't think. It no, it's funny because there was stories that he was apparently that the fellow playing Han Solo was apparently the the source of uh, much concern on the set because of his acting. Yeah. Um, but I, I was all right, you know. Yeah, it's right. okay, you know. And you had you had a you, you had Gambino there to, to do the heavy lifting with the charisma. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, I remember yeah. it not being a very nice looking movie though. That's, I think that was the one thing I I took from it was that mm-hmm. it was wasn't it like really dark at some points even when they were like outside. It, it was. It's weird. Yeah, it almost kind of had like a Rogue One ish color palette, and but that was supposed to be like Star Wars take on a war movie. Yeah. Whereas this is like it's, it's a heist. You know, a, a, it's a roguish adventure. You know, it's it's. Yeah. It's it's different from the core movies, but it's it's I, tonally it, it kind of should be the same. But yeah, you're right. Uh, aesthetically, it did not look like it. Um, mm, mm. Yeah, I liked I liked Paul Bettany as a kind of scenery chewing villain. Yeah, but as we said, that was supposed to be um, Michael K. Williams originally. Eh, yeah, Bettany was good. Ah, but I, I, I can only imagine with a little chalky white how he would have chewed at the scenery. Ah, oh, would have been great. Oh well. What, what, yeah. what could have been? What could have been? What could have been? And in fact, he like recorded the scenes and everything. But when they, oh, did he? yeah, when they did the reshoots, he was unavailable. So they just recast the whole character. It's a shame. Oh well. But, um, you also had the wonderful um, cameo at the end from everyone's favorite prequel uh, villain. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be Darth Maul. Grievance. Um, <laughs> Which is weird because I seem to remember that cunt getting chopped in half uh, in the prequels and dying about uh, thirty years before this film was set. Seems to have made a bit of a comeback. Um, apparently, so I read up on this, and he he was kind of brought back to life in the like Clone Wars animated bullshit. I mean, oh, to, yes, be fa- to be to be fair, to be, to play devil's advocate for a minute, um, Darth Vader was like. A, a torso and did he even have a limb left? He was just like uh, stumps, and they they put him into a robot body. He was fine. He was all burned. <laughs> he was all burned and shit. And he was all okay. So well, that's 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 true enough, yeah. I suppose. It's more we hadn't heard about Darth Maul in the intervening. Yeah, no, they just plopped some plopped some uh, Wallace and Gromit trousers on him, and he was grand. <laughs> the wrong trousers emperor um he yeah i suppose he's just a very recognizable character and also they've kind of brought back everything else what else are they going to reference yeah god yeah they're gonna they're gonna yeah how much stuff are they gonna be able to rig out of those old movies like because i feel like even the video games, like I'm talking like 20 years ago, like before Disney got involved, like like I feel like the video games took more risks in terms of let's actually just go into the universe and make some shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, then now they would all now they almost all had cameos. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they didn't have, but like these movies feel like they are just so 
they are so desperate to get this stuff in there. It's like, you got them in the door. All they want is the song anyway. They just want the song and the logo at the beginning, and they're happy. Like, you don't have to do, oh, that's where he got his gun. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was as you said uh, in the in the uh, the commentary, there there is now nothing left to question. There's no prop he uses. There's no word he says. There's no nothing about that character that's in any way ambiguous. It's all accounted for now. Um, uh, I think the most needless to me was the blaster. Like yeah. I get it's an iconic piece of equipment. God, we don't need to see him literally get handed it. I mean, or pick it up. Or he bought he bought it in a shop. Is all the expedition I would need. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, I mean the fact that he gets it from someone else almost makes it less iconic in a way because it's his blaster. You know the fact that oh yeah he just got it from someone else kind of makes it less his a bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's actually a good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's solo. Who else has seen anything? Literally anything. I watched uh, Psycho for the first time. I don't know if either of you have seen Psycho. I assume. I don't think I've seen, seen the original, though. No? I've seen it. Yeah. Um, you'll be surprised to hear that Psycho is uh, a masterpiece and one of the, like, easily one of the best films ever made. Um, <laughs> I would hold it up there with, like, Citizen Kane and films of that ilk as, like, just a perfect, amazing film. Um, even. If you know what the twists are, I think at this stage, most people know how Psycho ends up. Um, I still found it like super tense. Um, and yeah, it's just amazing. So next on my list anyway, uh, outside of the Halloween movies, is Vertigo. So this has kind of got me in that Hitchcock mood of oh, nice. finally yeah. picking off Vertigo and Rear Window and the birds and all of, Burps. all of those but um yeah psycho is um really really even better than i thought it was gonna be and i went in with really high expectations and it really i mean it makes the other movies i give 10 out of 10 to look like overrating and i, I am prone to overrating but i mean this is this is one of those few movies you see that's really on another level that makes everything else look a little bit less um, less strong. So yeah, if for whatever reason anybody's listening who has never watched Psycho, um, it's Halloween time. Now's the time to dust it off and give it a watch because it's really, really worth a watch. And it's one of those movies that I I had somehow gone thirty years whenever, without watching, and it's it's a movie that having now watched it, I do feel like I I had done wrong by not watching it. You know, sometimes I watch a movie, and go, okay, that's finally watched now. Psycho was maybe one of the the rare ones that I watched and go, okay, that's one that I actually should have. I should have sat what down and watched. What a fool I was! What an idiot! What a goof! What a goof! Um, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's really, really, really great in in almost every way. Uh, and then I watched a movie called Aguirre: The Wrath of God. I don't know if you guys have even heard of this one or if you've yeah, seen it. Heard of it, but not not watched it. Um, it's filmed by Werner Herzog who's like a German filmmaker, who my people in my family really like. I've, I've not really been so exposed to him, but um, it's, uh, it's a movie that inspired, in a, in a very evident way, Apocalypse Now, 
Um, mm. So it, it, in the way that aliens influenced that kind of space marine genre of films, I feel like Aguirre Wrath of God definitely kind of influenced that that same kind of feeling movie where it's about essentially it's about a group of conquistadors who are searching for El Dorado in the Amazon rainforest and they're going down the Amazon on this like raft and um, it becomes a bit of a farce uh, the film is is ultimately about kind of the madness that these people start to experience but not kind of a not kind of a loud madness it's, it's all very kind of subtle and all very it's all glances and all the things that they do are mad as opposed to it being them like starting shrieking and running around it's all very kind of uh, restraint but um i thought it was very good i didn't i didn't think it was uh like blow away good i think the first half of it is a little bit slow um but then the second half of it is very good uh, i also excuse me i watched the english version of it there is an english and german version okay. uh, but i believe it was originally made in english so that was the one that was excuse me most easily uh accessible to to me so that was the one that i watched um and yeah that was that was one of the movies that was prov- on a list provided to me by my brother of like movies that i really should watch that i've somehow missed so like vertigo is on that list mulholland drive um there will be blood and agreer the wrath of god was on there i don't consider it quite like a 10 out of 10 movie uh, i think i went a seven um on the old letterboxd.com plug 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 mm. um whereas with psycho of course i gave it 10 uh, but I feel like Aguirre, as I felt with Blade Runner, might be a movie that, upon rewatching, I might enjoy more. Okay. It might, it might be that kind of movie that you have to watch a few times before you properly, mm, not get it, but, you know, properly appreciate not, it. Know how you feel about it either way. Yeah. Because mm. um, Blade Runner, I did not love when I saw it the first time. I, I, I said it was okay. I don't really get the hype of it, but it took me maybe three or four watches to really appreciate it and now i feel like every time i watch it i like it more so maybe a weird the wrath of god will be one of those um but that's all um i'm planning to watch maybe a horror movie this week and maybe vertigo this week i don't know that there's anything in the cinema that we really need to go see maybe a star is born do we need to see that yeah why, why don't you see that the next week speaking of a star is born by the way Without having watched it, purely on the hype, okay, I put 10 euro on it to win Best Picture at the Oscars. 10 euro? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll win 50 euro if it wins Best Picture. Did you have money at the fight last night? Uh, no. Uh, I was tempted. Yeah? For Khabib? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing was, Khabib was the favorite, so there wasn't really uh Yeah, I suppose, yeah. A real... um impetus to, to bet on it in terms of why you'd win so no yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll be watching the Oscars close I tell Oscar, you so. this is this is true okay um Manchester United were playing at the weekend and after nine minutes we're two nil down oh god to Newcastle um they, they did win in the end they won 3-2 they came back to win at two nil down I did have a sneaky look and say I wonder what I get on United to win this uh, but it was only like eleven to four. It wasn't even that good odds. So I ended up not bet- oh. not betting on it. But they did win. Um, 
Yeah, so 11 to 4 would be basically like slightly worse than 3 to 1 three odds. Four. Yeah. yeah. So at 2 nil down, I didn't feel like that was uh, either a sure enough bet or a lucrative, lucrative oh, enough bet to, to be worth yeah. betting on it. So I was like, oh. Yeah. If it was something like six to one, five to one, I might have put a five on. But sure. I don't know. And then they won in the end, and it was happy days. Oh, did they? They yeah, they they got a last minute winner to, to come back from the two nil down from behind. Although it does definitely feel like like I was real happy when they won, and then I immediately went like, oh, this does feel like we, we've we've taken the big pile of shite and just swept it under the carpet for a week and go there you go mm-hmm. no one knows mm-hmm. that that's there all them problems they're still there uh, and Newcastle who let's not forget I think it's before the match were like 19th in the league that we barely yeah. we barely beat with a last minute winner after coming from behind from 2-0 down after 10 minutes I don't think it's exactly time to get the party hats out and start dancing around so there you go that all the movies I think uh- yeah Alrighty, a lot of movies this week. We'll probably have a lot of movies for the next few weeks because I'm going to be trying to watch all the spooks. So I want to see all the spookiness happening. Um, so uh, we'll be back next week with more of those uh, emails, though, for this week. I got an email Go for uh, uh, to read from Will. Mm, he's bad. Uh, Will no, how dare you? No, I'm, the, I'm a man of the people here. Uh, and Will says, with the upcoming release of the PlayStation Mini after the success of the SNES Mini, I thought I'd ask the, uh, the gang some questions. Did you own a PS4 or an N64? <laughs> I own both. <laughs> um, uh, although I only got the PlayStation when a friend of mine got a PS2. So, uh, so that so I wasn't I wasn't actually rich. I mainly just had an N64. What about you, Lance? Which of those did you own? N64. Yeah, I I, I um, owned an N64, which I still own to this day. Uh, I maintain that the PlayStation. Is and was not a good console. PS two, PS two. I can kind of, I can, I can be talked down. But PS one, well, well, well. Shite controller, shite controller. Ugly games. Let me finish the email. Go on. Because it ties into the next question. He says, "What games would you like to see on the PlayStation One re-release?" Now we may talk about it. None of them, because (laughs) a good game does not exist on the PlayStation. That is preposterous, sir. What do you got? Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, shite in a bucket, both of them. Um, Crash Bandicoot is good. Crash Bandicoot is... Oh, I don't even want to talk about Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot is trash. Trash Bandicoot. What about one of the games that's on the PlayStation 1 release, which is the Tekken 3? Is Tekken 3 the best Tekken? Are there not good Tekken? It might actually be, yes. Oh, well then. Yeah, I always enjoy Tekken, to be fair. but Including all the ones that have come out since. I mean, people love 7, but I, I don't know, 3 is. 3 is is incredible. Uh, yes. So I, I, can, I cannot badmouth Tekken, to be fair. I do enjoy Tekken. One thing about this re-release, though, is that they don't have uh, the, the, the sticks, the analog sticks. So... Uh, well, PlayStation they, originally didn't have the analog sticks. It was only the DualShock. Yeah, and they're going for nostalgia, which is fine. But you've just okay. You can't have Ape Escape uh, because that was the big that was the big game that came out that was like analog controls, left stick move, right stick swing your net to catch the monkeys, uh, and that's a great game. 
That's right. a fucking tremendous game. So Paul Griffin, shut the fuck up. Uh, I'm I'm so uh, right on this. I'm so right on this. Crash Bandicoot, uh, dreadful original, shit. Original Metal Gear Solid, a classic, an iconic genre-defining game. Uh, uh, you know, uh, that's one. Right. Uh, I'm gonna look up a list of best PS1 games. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, which is also on it. I don't give a shit about Final Fantasy, but people like that. Uh, yeah, but is so is that on the is that on the classic? Is it Final Fantasy? Seven, yeah, seven is on there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I similar to you, I've never cared for Final Fantasy, and I've tried. I just don't enjoy them. Uh, and and uh, we'll also ask you: Do you think it will be successful as the SNES re-release? I think it'll be successful, but I think it'll have some of the same shortcomings. So one of the things, a, a lot of the games that I would like, because that was his previous question, it's not you know what do you think will be on it, what would you mm. like on it. A lot of games that I would like to be on it uh, will likely not be on it because they'd probably be too expensive to to license, which was a problem the SNES had as well. The SNES uh, Mini had a lot of Nintendo first-party games and then a small few third-party games. And the third-party games they had were maybe not everyone's preference, but it was like we can't pay through the nose for some of these other things. So what I think, so like Crash Bandicoot, first of all, Regardless of what you think of it, it's that rough. might not be doable because uh, Activision owns that, not Sony. So that's that's one thing. And another series that Paul Griffin, in his idiocy, has written off that's, that's incredible is the Mr. Tony Hawk games, uh, uh, which are Tony Hawk Three is really good. To be fair, Tony Hawk Two and Three are, and you know, one to an extent, but two and three are the, are the big boys. Two and three are incredible video games they are tremendous video games they are iconic i would go so far as say but sony doesn't own the license to them so they're not going to be out there i i mean i would guess that maybe they will but i, I mean i don't think i would need two and three to be fair oh uh, yeah one or the other i mean three was on ps2 so maybe save that but if, if we're talking ps1 games ps2 but the problem is not only do sony that own it there's also the fact that okay Maybe Activision says, yes, you can put this on there, but you can pay to relicense all this music from 15 years ago that we did. I mean, the rights have definitely expired for all for that, that all that, that soundtrack. So it's like these things are 99 quid each. How do you make money if you have to then pay to relicense the 15 songs on that soundtrack? You know what I mean? Um, uh, so, so will it be as successful? I think... While it was a minor gripe with the SNES, I think it'll probably be a major gripe with this. I think people will buy this and probably be disappointed with the with the games on it because you're not going to have your Tony Hawk. You're not going to have you know if you're a wrestling fan, you're not getting SmackDown on there or anything like that. Uh, you may not get the Activision games like Crash. Uh, you may you almost certainly a lot of people are holding out hope for Metal Gear Solid. I have to assume well, Crash will be on there to be sure. But, well, maybe, but again, it's it's a case of can they get it. And and is it financially viable? Because the reason that uh, that Crash remaster that came out last year, I mean, look, fans have been begging for that shit for years, but it was always too expensive. It was like prohibitively expensive for Sony to fork out to make it because Activision asked for X amount of dollars they didn't want to pay. You know, so so I mean, that's not going to be on there. I mean, Metal Gear Solid. I mean, with the way Konami is, who fucking knows? You know, I mean, so so will it be successful? I I, I don't really know. Right. Uh, I'm looking at a list of the top. PS PS one games okay top oh, top ten so number ten uh, Bushido Blade which I've n- never I've heard eight. of it but I've never seen uh, never number eight. number nine Tomb Raider two those old Tomb Raider games are they, they suck ass they are, suck ass they are stinky uh, Final awesome. Final Fantasy seven which we mentioned 
here. Twisted Metal 2. I have no affinity for those I, games at all. I, and I, I, I think I've played Twisted Metal 2. Yeah, I think I've played Twisted Metal 2. I didn't really care for them that much. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, we've discussed. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 at number 5. Final Fantasy 9 at number 4. Uh, number 3, Metal Gear Solid, which you yep. brought up, Barry. Fair enough. Number two, Resident Evil 2. Forgot about the Resident Evil Oh, how do we forget that? Yes, that's, yes. I don't know whether those tank controls will hold up, especially with no analog sticks. But, um, no, but again, this is a thing people are going to buy for Christmas for 100 quid. It's yeah. nostalgia. It's, I, most people will play Resident Evil 7. Res, Resident Evil 7. If you get Resident Evil 7 on this thing, that'd be amazing. Uh, Resident Evil 2. Uh, they'll play it for a half hour and go, oh, remember this? And then yeah. it'll be to the back in the attic. <laughs> and then number one is a game that, fair enough, probably is, is I, I imagine, is going to be on the PlayStation Classic and is worthy of uh, of being on it, is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Which I, you know what, actually, because they just put that out on PS4. Uh, yeah, on PS4, exactly, yeah. Uh, I realized... That they put that and Rondo of Blood out. Um, I have never played a Castlevania game. No, neither have I. But I've played I've played Super Metroid, and I know that it's in that same genre, <laughs> the Metroidvania genre. But um, I, I've been reliably informed that it's extremely good. Um, now, to be fair, to go back to Will's first question, the PlayStation versus N sixty four question, um, I realized that the N sixty four had an equally, if not more ugly controller and more ugly visuals um, than PS One, but I don't. Know, I just really feel like PS One. I feel like maybe more generally, I feel like that generation of consoles has really not aged well. Whereas the like the SNES Classic, for example, all those games are really hold up really well today, graphically and and, and in terms of their gameplay. Whereas the that kind of first foray into three D. You look back at the games and you go, oh, these look like shite and play even worse. So I don't know that I would necessarily... Um, I don't think I would even buy an N64 Mini, to be fair. Even t- taking out from the equation my anti-PlayStation bias. Because um, the majority of those games don't play well. Like, GoldenEye is held up as like this super iconic uh, first-person shooter... You know, kind of established the console death match. Um, try and play that today and come back to me. Yeah, no, it of is course. fucking impossible to play. Um, yeah, I mean that that whole generation. I mean, graphically, both consoles. It's yeah, it's it's ugly. Hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, Will wraps up this mail here by saying, "I enjoyed season one of American Vandal, so thanks for the recommendation on that one." I watch It's Always Sunny and Nathan for you because of CSB and I love both those shows too. Cheers. Will. Well, Bill, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Uh, uh, those are three tremendous shows. Um, I think Nathan Fielder said in an interview recently that uh, Nathan for you is done, by the way. I don't know if you two saw that. Um, they're, 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 putting out, they're putting out a Blu-ray box that's like here is the series. Um, which if there's some good if there's some good bonus stuff on that I will absolutely check it out but uh but yeah, yeah glad you enjoyed those will uh big recommendation for for uh disenchantment as well on Netflix if you're looking for something else to watch so yeah uh what about you boys you boys got mails no mail i i read my email already 
Oh, you did. That's right. My bad. Uh, so we got no quiz this week, so I guess we can dip our toes into the wrestling. Uh, so nobody here watched the uh, uh, Shrimp on the Barbie wrestling, did they? No. Oh, of course not. It does seem like they are going to that money tag team match that we hinted at the last time. Uh, yes, the the Saudis <laughs> are getting their uh, their Shawn Michaels retirement uh, out of retirement match. Who would have thought that a wrestler uh, would have no honor? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I heard that match uh, at the Oz show was the shits. I mean, it's interesting <laughs> that they they seem to be leaning towards Undertaker Kane being the heels in that tag match, which is not something that I anticipated. Oh, who, who could boo Triple H, sir? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if, Sean, if Sean's coming out of retirement, then that's... that's they, they yeah, actually... Also, they've experimented with heel Undertaker a lot in the last few years. Like, not they never properly committed to it, but like the Brock stuff, and you know, um, I, I, I think, I think that's if they're going to do it, they should. I mean, they shouldn't do it. That's the real answer. But um, well, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that. Uh, obviously, none of us watch that, so we're not going to talk about that. Uh, but the Saudis are also getting uh, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. Um, so <sighs> They're sounding all right. They're sounding all right to me, you know. I mean, I, I, I'm not the journalist. They disappeared, so you know. Um, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I want to see that. <laughs> That's, annoying. That's very annoying. Yeah, I mean, look, who knows if it'll even be any good? I mean, it's not like the, the two of them are having a hot streak at the moment. Yeah, that might... Well, I heard, I heard AJ Joe was very good. Yeah, but all the ones I've watched between them have been like good, but not like not like what you want out of them. Not you know I mean? not like my favorite match of all time. No, not like that, and not even really nearly as good as that. Mm. I heard uh, that the um, Cedric Buddy Murphy match was the best match on the show and worth worthy of a watch. Yeah, I I, I want to seek that out because I love. I, I will I will give that a watch. They are both tremendous wrestlers, so that's good. I. Uh... Emerging from the shadows, Hawk, former Devil, Ooh. the former Adrian Devil. Not the and rapper, then. then. And then the former Pac. Uh He showed up. Yeah, yeah Tupac showed up in Dragon Gate at the weekend. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, so so he's uh, out of hiding. Uh, in- interesting place for him to show up. Obviously, he's a lot of history there. Uh, kind of, kind of the first, not the first place to, to. You know, give him a break, but a place where he really broke out and had a lot of uh, had a lot of great moments and, and made a name for himself. Uh, very interesting. So uh, it appears that he is going to be something of a freelancer. Uh, details are obviously very very scarce at the moment, but yeah. So uh, finally, after years of being after a year of being under WWE contract but not being used because of the whatever the disagreement was there, and then and then getting released and then going to ground it seemed like and just not doing mm. it. Uh, I was worried it was going to be like a Wade Barrett type situation where he's like, I, I do not want to wrestle anymore, wherever I'm from. Uh, yeah. uh, this is my majority accent. Scotland. I'll see you soon. Um, yeah, but whatever. Um, so he's back. I think that's great. He's a tremendous talent. Uh, I think WWE, I mean, he was top of the pile of people they were wasting. Uh, as much as I like, you know, Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali, I think I think he Pac is 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 above the whole two hundred five thing. I mean, he's he's better 
he's better than wrestling after SmackDown before a bored crowd. He really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, Big Man Pac, come to the old Dublin. Why don't you have a few matches here, fella? We'll ooh. we'll buy a shirt off you and all that. And there's free pizza in it for you if you come over here. Yeah. Wrestle Jordan Devlin for my amusement or Walter, uh, whatever. So yeah, I I I hope he I hope he you know. I hope he does a tour. I hope he makes loads of money. I hope he, he gets booked all over the shop. And I'm sure he will, because he, he was before he left. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sticking with the indies, Mr. Joey Janela exploded his knee. Um, uh, I think we might have mentioned this in passing the last time we did a show. He, like, jumped off, like, the top rope to the floor, was it? And landed on his feet, and his leg, his knee... I think he pretty much tore every muscle and tendon in his knee. He posted a list on Twitter, like, you know, partially ripped MCL, completely ripped ACL, like, just just a list of either partial or complete tears of various muscles. Uh, And so he is out for at least a year. Uh, So that is very grim indeed. Uh, but it seems he's going to still be working with like GCW and doing those shows with his name on it. Those shows he, you know, he books for lack of a better term. Uh, so is it so going to be okay for Spring Break three? I, so. I I would not imagine so. Uh, oh, right. uh, yeah, if that's I mean if that's in March or April or whatever WrestleMania is, but like you know maybe he'll be there cutting a promo and maybe he'll uh, uh, you know I'm sure because like I said they're still putting his name on that and several other events, so I would imagine um, uh, that that he'll be around in the mix a little bit, and I, I hope I hope. Uh, I hope Spring Break 3 is still as wacky an affair as possible. I hope to get Steve Blackman any faces. No. Yeah. Dito or something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, That's that's an unfortunate story. Uh, And then, yeah, uh, I was at OTT last week. Paul, did you have any thoughts on OTT that you you wanted to bounce off me before, uh, before we go? Um, I thought it was a fairly good show. Um... I mean, obviously, there was one match, head and shoulders above the rest, which was the uh, the Rascals. Um, the Rascals and... Michael Sanamora versus More Than Hype. Versus More Than Hype. That was the one. Um, fucking hell, those Rascals are really good. They are. It, it was like... They have this the balance between like doing really cool flippy do's, but also looking like they're kicking your head off. Like really, like all their cool moves like look like they're really landing and that they're really killing you. Um, that, yeah, they are. I, that was my first time seeing them live. Jesus, they're impressive. Yeah, there was one bit where just to paint a picture for Joe here, right? Um, Zach Weds is standing at the head of one of the little Irish boys, right? And he oh, start yeah. he starts doing a moonsault, but he's not he's not standing perpendicular to the guy. He's standing over like over over their head. He starts doing the moonsault and the other boy, as he's midair, pushes him like something from a movie and he lands the moonsault. And it was it, I was like what what did I just see? What? Mad shit. Oh Jesus Christ. Crazy stuff in this match. Excellent, excellent uh, match. It was it was exactly a match that a guys like more than hype who are the the up and coming act. It's exactly what an up and coming act needs, which is it was a big 
crazy wild like PWGS just moves match with some big stars and just a big rub showing that we can do a high level like indie match um, uh, and obviously the crowd I mean the, it was a perfect venue the Tivoli is a great venue for a match like that um, and it was great and yeah did you enjoy the, the Kings beat down afterwards I thought that was I think that was the highlight for the show for yeah. a lot of people there live Nathan Martin selling that leg you're like oh my god this is like already this, this is almost like a, this is a money feud right out of the gate I thought it was I thought it was perfectly done from the start of the match to the beatdown at the end. Excellent, excellent stuff. Um, elsewhere, lads from the the flats versus gymnasties was a nice little callback. Uh, I like Liam Royal as the new gymnasty because he kind of fits the gimmick, uh, especially because the other two are, let's say, not bodybuilders. To put it, no, kind of, <laughs> they have this now big bodybuilder lad. Um, he's very stiff, let's say. Yes. Not not stiff in the wrestling sense of stiff, but he he um, he, he wasn't hurting people, but he looked like he was like uh, like he was. There was Luther Reigns chants and shit like that, and it was it was like someone from mid two thousand SmackDown who'd show up. And he'd do big boots and flex, and you'd get the vibe that he used the Vince flavor of the month. He was very um, Nathan Jones. Very Nathan Jones, and you could just get the vibe that, again, if this was WWE 15 years ago, they'd be in love with him for a week, and then the matches would be really bad, and they'd lose interest in him. Now, I don't think that'll happen here. I've heard positive things from people who've seen him on other shows, but but as someone seeing him for the first time, yeah, like you, I was like, this guy looks really... A little bit unsure of himself, and yeah, just... Uh, and that's like, why I'm surprised that they didn't do more to protect him on his first out outing. That they, they kind of had him in the ring for more than he really needed to be. I thought they would have had Justy and Sammy kind of cover the majority yeah. of the workload. But um, you know what? It, I, I can't be too harsh on them. It's it's anyway OTT. It's not, you know, WrestleMania. So yeah. I, I, I'm kind of more open to giving people time to develop themselves. Um the Luther Ward Paul Tracy tag match was fine, I guess. I think I wasn't really around, uh, or it wasn't really exposed to OT at the time of their heyday, so I don't get the nostalgia kind of bump for it. I, yeah. I, I don't think that. I think I think that's kind of what they rely heavily on because I don't think their their wrestling was out of this world good. Um, no, no, it was that was a nostalgia match. Was a nostalgia match. Yeah, it was fine. Um, I thought Scotty Davis, Curtis Murray, Michael May had a good match. I actually thought Curtis Murray looked good. Uh, yeah, he had a good showing. He for all the shite we gave him, I thought he looked good. And that was a pretty good match as well. Um, Kings of North, White Wolf. I had really high expectations for it. I thought it was good. Um, but I, I do think Kings of the North, when it's Bonesaw and Duncan, don't have that... <laughs> That little je ne sais quoi that they do when it's Bonesaw and, and Corvin. Yeah, I had I had sky high hopes for this, and yeah, like you, I was like, it ended up like it was good, good, yeah. yeah. Um, and live as well, it was almost a bit awkwardness, uh, not on the same page for some stuff. Um, you know, pulled it together in the end, but yeah, a little bit rough around the edges. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, then uh, let me just point out here: Raven Creed beat Katie Harvey. Uh, yeah. I predict she's going to win the title in that five way. Uh, yes, I think that would be. Yes, I think that would be great. Uh, I think she's great. 
I think it's. I think LJ hasn't defended it that much, and he's kind of above it. Well, they have, well, they have. The point is that he's doing the more than hype thing now, and it kind of yeah. feels like the title is an afterthought. So, especially if they're getting into more serious stuff with the Kings, like I don't need to see him like, you know, having a goofy match with like Chris Wolf. Do you know what I mean? It's like I, I, I'm into the idea of him, especially seeing him as a heel in Phoenix Live, which I know you didn't see, but that was cool. That was like LJ being a bit more serious uh so i think it's time for him to lose and yeah raven i thought i thought that match was good i thought she was really good in it i think she would be a great champion and also i think you know i'm no intergender fan but i think her mixing it up with men would also be a good good bit of experience for her like because i feel like again just because we've talked a lot about ott's women's division i feel like if you're a woman and you have that gender neutral championship you have more opportunities to mix it up with people like Patty M and Rocky Romero and Tyler yeah. Bate and all this other stuff. Note that there's no women's title match on the. There's no women's title match, and Raven Creed is the sole woman on the fourth anniversary show, which is absolutely massive. The card is huge. It's bulging with multi-person matches and six-man tags and five-way matches. And she is the one woman. No, Martina. Martina is in stardom uh, for the next few weeks. And uh, no, Jordan Devlin on that show as well. He's in WWE UK. So, yeah. And uh, they, they have the women's show then on Sunday, which they have barely promoted. Um, yeah. So, uh, any, any other thoughts there? on, on uh, the, main event, the main event was a good hard-hitting match as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready now for Walter Osprey. At the weekend, and she nailed the Japanese boys again for most of them. Yeah, uh, that card looks that card looks tremendous. Yeah. Uh, even after our initial concerns, I I do quite like how the Irish matches have shaped out. And don't forget tickets for Redemption go on sale tomorrow. Yes, yeah, and one match announced, and it should be a cracker. And Dan Barry is there. Dan Barry's coming back, front and center on the fucking poster. Which is great. I love it. I fucking love it. Especially because I think it's going to mean a lot to him. <laughs> it's almost like a like an in-joke. Kind of, yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with him. Uh, yeah, so they, yeah, in November, and I, one thing I really like about the November show, adds a little bit of intrigue to the October one because Osprey is booked. Osprey yeah. and Walter are both booked for November, so that... And know, Haskins. And Haskins as well, yeah. So, so there's potential there. And for, Devlin, uh, and, and Devlin, yes. So they've got all four men in the mix. The show is called Redemption. So I'm I'm fascinated by the result this coming Saturday, and also like what that card's going to shake out as. I mean, we've talked about Star isn't on the poster, but I'm like, is he maybe? Is he secretly there? They're going to do the tag match. Is you know, I, I saw one person suggest they could do Ring Camp versus Devlin and Osprey. That could be a match. That would probably they could do the the much touted uh, Osprey Devlin match. Great potential for that card, I think, with the collection of names they have on there. Yeah. Uh, they've already announced Tyler Bate versus Scotty Davis, very um, good, which is going to be a banger. Uh, so yeah, and can uh, I just say as well one last thing about the more than hype match? How how refreshing it was to see the Irish guys against the imports. It was wonderful. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was yeah, it was great. Um. Yeah, so I think that's going to do it there for our wrestle guff this week. Uh, so yeah, uh, Joe and Paul, you know, may or may not figure out something to do there next Saturday or next Sunday, rather, for the show. I will be here 
but if they'll either do a podcast or they may do a, a, a commentary or whatever. But as usual, ChairShopPodcast.com, at ChairShopPod on Twitter, they will have something up, I'm sure. If not, we'll be back in two weeks uh, talking movies and, and wrestling and all that stuff. Yeah, two weeks time then as well. Also, me and Paul will have a rundown of the uh, uh, the OTT shows from this coming weekend. So, yeah. Uh, until then, it's going to be uh, a farewell for now. It's going to be check out uh, ChairShopPodcast.com, as I mentioned, at the Maryland, at Griff Tannen, at Paul Griffin CSP on Twitter for more updates during the week. And uh, until then, it's going to be goodbye from the Barry Murphy. It's going to be goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. And it's going to be goodbye from Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye. Goodbye.